Hello, everyone. This is Ivy on a solo episode without Emily. Um, we talked about potentially doing an episode around AI and the future of work, and it's just not something that Emily's looked into, but I have looked into a lot. So we decided to test out this format where we each do a solo episode in the middle of the season. And yeah, let us know if this is something that you're interested in hearing a little bit more about the expertise between each of us on our own, because I think Emily can do a lot on like content creation and getting sponsorships, putting together media kit, things that I haven't done personally. And I don't actually know what she's going to do for her solo episode. So here we go. <laughs> um, so early this year in 2023, about January, when like ChatGPT came out, I had this tweet thread go viral and it got over 12 million views. And the first three to six million were very, very positive. And the next six to 12 million were very, very negative because not necessarily towards me as much as ChatGPT's banned in New York schools. A lot of people are talking about banning AI in different school boards. So my tweet thread was around how ChatGPT was the tip of the iceberg. And there are going to be tons of different AI tools that come out that completely change education. And one of the apps that I guess I mentioned, I wasn't even recommending these apps, was actually around talking to a person from history. Like you can tell a chatbot to emulate a historian, historical figure. And unfortunately, it wasn't fed maybe the best data. So for example, a lot of people complain that someone who was completely xenophobic apologized for their xenophobia. And that's just not realistic to history. So a lot of people saw the dangers around maybe giving kids access to information like that, that could completely be false. But for me, what I see this as is an opportunity to learn new skills, such as being able to fact check. How do you do that? How do you think from first principles and not just believe everything that you see on the internet, which will eventually be AI? And I want to talk about AI and the future of work, how it pertains to Asian wander women, digital nomads, and people who are seeking this life of freedom in this episode. And so I'll just kind of go on about my thoughts my fears, what I'm thinking about, and how I think that you can future-proof your career. So if you haven't used ChatGPT at all, definitely go and use it. I, there's a free version at OpenAI. So chat.openai, I think is, I don't know, I just have a bookmark now. Let me see, chat.openai.com. Register for an account with your Google email. Play around with it. I think the best thing that you can ask it to do is pretend that it's Google and ask it some questions. If you don't know what to ask it, tell it what you're interested in and ask how you should learn about that topic. Or Google common prompts or ask ChatGPT common prompts that it receives and just kind of play around. There's a lot of different companies that actually do an email newsletter daily with a daily prompt idea. And it'll blow your mind what ChatGPT and AI can do at this point. Most non-technical people have only used ChatGPT, but my husband's a software engineer and there's a ton of different technical things. Like a lot of software engineers are actually using AI to write code. They would tell AI what type of thing they want to build and AI can spit out code. But you'll soon kind of understand that there's definitely an art to prompt engineering. And I talk about this in a Twitter thread as well that I'm just going to read out to you because... It's just super interesting. I basically found out that there is 
a job posting for a prompt engineer for $350,000. That's the salary range. And there's tons of companies now hiring for people who know how to prompt AI properly in order to get to what they want, in order to save time, um, in order to potentially replace a ton of other jobs. Anthropic was hiring for a prompt engineer and librarian, and the compensation package was 250K to 335K. So at first, I was super intimidated by engineering being part of the term, but in reality, after I dug deeper into what prompt engineering was, it's not like writing code where you're completely speaking a whole new language, but it is about how to talk to computers and writing in plain language how to talk to AI. And I like to think of prompt engineering as how do you talk to AI to get to what you want? And right now, if you've played around with it, you'll know that AI can already write essays, it can solve math problems, it can create art, generate videos, but most people only use it to do basic things like summarize and generate ideas. That's usually the first step, but the more complex your desired output is, the more complex your instruction manual is for AI to be able to direct it to build what you want it to build. And just like we all speak English, there are still professional writers that study the craft and soon there will be average prompters and those that really understand the limits of AI and how to leverage it to the maximum and get what they want done faster, better, like 10x. So how do you get ahead of the game? And this is what I've been learning and something that I actually teach kids nowadays because I think being able to speak to AI and use it as a tool is going to be the same as like learning to type from when we were young. So if you're interested, go to learnprompting.org. It's a super user-friendly manual and open source with the best resources. And you can also go from like beginner, intermediate, advanced kind of prompting scripts. And it's fully reading. I actually don't love watching videos when I'm learning something. I like to read. I read faster. And then just go practice it in ChatGPT. If you're a coder, you can go to um, GitHub and there's something called DARE, D-A-I-R dash AI prompt engineering guide. And there, there's just like, there's a one hour lecture, multiple guides, extensive collections of papers, resources, and tools. Highly technical. Um, so you do want, need to understand a little bit about programming. And it's more about like, from a programmer perspective, how does AI work? There's also a marketplace called PromptBase. And it's a marketplace to buy and sell prompts. And there's already a lot of people coming out with like 500 plus prompts. But PromptBase is, you know, it's good because you can see people writing and giving reviews to a lot of those things. And actually one of the programs that we run for kids on AI is that we make them learn how to write prompts well and make them pass the prompt-based test where they have to get their prompt listed. And prompt-based doesn't approve of everyone's. So out of the four kids um, who submitted good enough prompts that passed our test, only two got their uh, prompt passed. And one of them just made $2, I think, today on their prompt. Then there's Midjourney, which is the leading AI image artists are playing with. It helps you generate images. You can learn how to write different prompts to get to the image that you want you really don't know what you like how hard it is to get exactly what you're thinking until you actually try it yourself like it took me a really long time i was trying to generate a cartoon version of myself that looked like mulan and it was it took like 20 tries um, for it to even look remotely like me and to imitate a photo to get the background that i want etc it's difficult and so that's 
what I think you should really, really start doing is to just start playing around with these props. And then the discussion that's happening in Silicon Valley really is that like, what are we going to do when AI, will AI take our jobs? And the truth is, and I give this advice to my little sister, that AI won't take your job and a person working with AI will, but the person with working in AI doesn't just know AI, but they know so much about the role. They're the top 10% of the role. What this actually allows people to do is we're going to see a lot more solopreneurs be able to have what seems like a 10-person company, what previously took 10 people to do, one person can now do with the help of AI. It's kind of like a really good intern still right now, but I think it'll develop in that area. So we need to be prepared for that. So all of us as digital nomads, Asian wonder women, I think there'll be tremendous opportunity for us to build different projects on our own as long as we have other skills. So that's for the entrepreneurs. And then for people, if you're interested in like UX design, like my little sister is, the advice that, you know, someone who's very senior in UX and myself, we gave her was that number one, like whatever you're passionate about, you have to strive for being the top 10%. Top 10% is always safe. It's the other 90% who's like mediocre or poor. Most likely you will get replaced by AI, you know? So go find something you're passionate about because that's the only thing that you can be really, really good at because you're willing to put in the hours, you're willing to be the best in the world at because you're just so obsessed with that thing. And then also, if you're interested in something like UX, like it'll eventually like one role isn't enough. You'll have to know how to program or how to do product management. So we'll see this like combination of different roles. So I think it's really important to see what horizontally connect and what value you will add when AI can do a huge amount of your tasks. So how to be strategic, how to offer more value, use AI to expand more. Previously, when companies needed to hire 20 people, they can now hire two people. That's where I think we are moving. But how to future-proof your career is something that I have also thought a lot about. That whole like 90th percentile kind of thing, like the 90th percentile today will still be the 90th percentile tomorrow as long as everyone keeps pace with the recent developments and hopefully allows for a lot more opportunities. Is society completely ready for AI? I don't know, but I think the adoption will be slower or like really, really good adoption will be much slower than anticipated. And I think hopefully humans adopt it in a way that everyone gets upskill at the same time. But things that I've thought about, about future-proofing career. The first one is that it's easier than ever to build a product. So make sure you pick up entrepreneurship skills. And a lot of that is like, how, what are the different steps, right? Like you can't, AI still can't build a whole business for you. It can only execute. It still needs to be you that comes up with the ideas that work for you. AI can even help you come up with business ideas, but there's still a huge disconnect of like choosing the right one for you, the right one for the market as is, the right one that like you would want to do and you have connections for, et cetera. So more than ever, it's really important to learn how to validate different ideas and how to think about building from an experimentation kind of perspective. And then let ChatGPT be your coder, copywriter, and business partner. But before you go all in, just validate the demand and building will become easier and easier. The next mindset to have is just curiosity. I think it's really easy as we get older to reject certain technologies because we're just too lazy to keep up. But something that I really believe and I interact with kids all the time is that you just have to play, you know, let yourself play, get curious, experiment with new tools and have an open mind. Just 
open up ChatGPT and ask it some questions for free, right? The third thing is to have a healthy skepticism, not fear. So with almost every new technology, humans panic. You know, teachers actually protested calculators before. They thought, oh my gosh, no kid would ever need to learn how to do math. And like, think about you now, like you understand how math works. Like, you know how to add and subtract, but like in the end, I open up my phone calculator or my computer calculator more often than I do like multiplication on paper at this point. And it doesn't make me dumber, I don't think, because I know how to do it. I just don't use it very often. Like my brain can be then used for bigger things. <laughs> then newspapers said books made you sick. Like newspaper came out before book publications and that was protested. Doctors feared bikes because they thought it would cause appendicitis. And there will always be people who are like, no, this is like not what I'm used to. It makes me uncomfortable. But that's really counterproductive. And so skeptics sound smart, but optimists win. The next thing is to just be more resourceful. I think it kind of falls under the entrepreneurship and curiosity. But just know there will always be more and more tools. In fact, there's hundreds of tools in AI already, already popping up. But you need to be a person that can filter through the noise, identify good ones, harness them to get stuff done, and know that like go in with a mindset where you don't look at what these tools can do to inspire you, but you first are inspired to do something and then you go and find the most effective and efficient way to accomplish it. And oftentimes that's with AI now. You need to be better at asking questions. And I think that's also part of developing deep relationships with people, which AI can't really replace. Really high-end, building trust, showing genuine interest in other people. It lets you learn more, show empathy, become more interesting yourself, right? So instead of networking really hard, start asking more and better questions. That's just a general life skill that pertains to relationship building that will be more and more important and something that I'm really focusing on, like how to become a better listener and better storyteller. And then the most important thing is that I hope that as we all get older, we never forget to learn how to learn. It's very meta, but you know, we have no idea what tech will be popular in 10 years. But if you can teach yourself how to learn, you'll be good, right? So learn how to learn through YouTube, putting ideas to action, repeat and improve that learning process. I think always be learning something like stay on your toes. Don't fall behind. And my, my biggest fear is to become redundant. I think it's important to embrace the chaos of what comes and without losing focus of what you want to do, just know that all of these things are just tools. You need to really understand what each tool, like AI, like the whole concept, Web3, like Emily and I really dug into it and tried to launch a DAO. Like we understand the calling of it. And then you can see for yourself what you can do with it and what opportunities there are, if there are any for you. So in the end, I just hope the main takeaway is like keeping an open mind. And that's what I'm doing. I really think it's something that all kids are going to start learning in schools immediately. In fact, the most forward thinking schools are already doing it. Those are the ones that I serve in my company. And we ran a AI course for middle schoolers to make sure they understand how to use ChatGPT. They can build a business, like a landing page, a video, all the copy, a Facebook ad, all within 90 minutes. And that's incredible because it would usually take like at least a weekend of pure hacking to be able to do. And it just speed things up, will allow for more creativity and inspiration. And I just don't want anyone to kind of miss out on that. So 
Hope you found this episode helpful. Let us know if you want to hear more individual rants like this. But see you guys in the next episode with both of us. All right. Bye, guys. Yeah. I'm the baddest chick. I'm not a thick. I'm about my business.